such a snotty nose. I should, I should warn everybody up front. I'm just like a snot disaster at the minute. It's just incredible. You know, like my nose is sort of like defying nature. It's not, it's just what a mess. Dude, you're on COVID <sighs> round two. That round oh. two, dog. <laughs> Oh, dude, I think the first time was a false alarm. Like this, this time, holy moly, it crushed my soul. <laughs> I'm so oh. sorry. I'm so sorry. It's brutal. Yeah, I I remember. Um, I had it way back over last uh, Thanksgiving, and it was brutal. Um, and I'm just crossing my, you know crossing my fingers i don't get it again but dude yeah loads of people yeah. have had it twice as well i know, I know totally, a bunch yes. of people yeah and i just i assumed wrongly that it would not be as bad second time round because maybe your system's used to it or some shit and that is yeah. absolutely not true it is brutal <laughs> it has no manners and it will crush you no Holy manners crap. Oh, yeah. No manners. It crushed me. Yeah. But I'm all good. I'm all good. And uh, yeah, I survived the. Uh, Ian and I were just joking earlier about my YouTube um, adventure. <laughs> like, for, 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 for reasons that we won't go into, just because just it's a rabbit hole, um, I decided to uh, do seven days of YouTube videos. I and in amongst. It. Yeah. And in amongst doing that, I got COVID. So at one point, <laughs> I was just saying, Ian, I was like, I'm I'm not feeling great. My wife was like, eh, "You've been working seventeen hours, seventeen hour days. You're probably not going to be feeling great." And I'm like, eh, "I think it might be something else. I'm not sure." And then yeah, I tested positive. And then after that, yeah, and and actually, it got to it was really fun. There was one day where I felt horrendous, um, and I couldn't work out whether it was the COVID or just a you know a big spoonful of stress and overwork. I was yeah. like. Is it the COVID that makes me feel bad, or is it just sort of like that I've been like you know overworking too much? So it was, uh, yeah. Anyway, it's good for I was it. on, it's character building. I, I was a, a week off of SBL because I was on a tour, and I just started to see that Scott was posting YouTube videos every day. And I was every like, day. what is happening? <laughs> every day. It was day. so cool, man. It was so cool. So cool to see like just a little bit different production and like you're talking mm. about your shirts. <laughs> Dude, it was interesting it was to see how many, it was interesting to sit to like, um, yeah, shout out to Lydia and Sharon who were on the SBL team. I was speaking to them yesterday and they were like, how long did it take you to do it? Like how long? And I was mm. like, not that long, actually about, um, from, from start to finish around two and a half to three hours. That's wow. how long it took. So it was like pretty, you know, even not for, the for all of them, including the edit, it wow. took like around two and a half to three hours to come up with the idea, um, record it edit it and then also do a thumbnail for it because i did all the thumbnails as well i did like everything so just like about three hours yeah you need to teach a course on youtube content creation you know like <laughs> one man show just like yeah. i love dude you've got this huge team and you decided to just go rogue for a week and do everything yourself and just blow oh, yeah. the model wide open and now we're all going like whoa <laughs> i gotta step up my game dude i gotta step it up <laughs> it's so it's awesome funny. it's very it cool good. man it was good. Yeah. Man. I enjoyed it. Anyway, today we're talking about soloing, and this is kind mm. of 
this is kind of linked with your tour that you've been on, isn't it? That you've just yeah. been, you've been doing a tour with Eric Hutchinson and, and you've been soloing. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I wanted to talk about soloing because it's a thing that either people are really interested in. It, it, it can be very polarizing and I don't want to try to make it more controversial than, you know, than it is, but I, I have felt controversy over it. I'm sure you have too. Yeah. There's all kinds of memes of like, you know, when the bass solo happens, that's when people go, you know, get it and get a drink at the bar or, you know, and yeah. some people will claim that um, taking bass solos is amazing and you get to work on your vocabulary and you got to really work on your solo voice and your solo and concepts and books and courses have been written videos have been produced and then other yeah. people are like no 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 that's you know come on don't focus on that you got to focus on holding it down is there some middle ground mm. and i mean what i what i discovered is when i was young i thought bass solos were awesome dude awesome i was so into it and i wanted to solo and i even wrote compositions that were you know like just bass only things and i was yeah. playing those things on my six string carbon in front of my high school and people were clapping <laughs> and old bob allison was saying well you should be writing more I bass was, solos I was, <laughs> I was about to mention your dad yeah 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 and then i really i really did a 180 and was like no bass solos are dumb um, come on, it's about holding it down. You just got to be, you can't take the limelight. I really had this shift. And I think for me, what it was, if I'm honest, it wasn't that I really changed. It was that I was sort of scared of bass solos because once the internet happened, right, then you see mm. all these real soloists, right? And you go like, well, Yo, yeah. I'm not that way i can't solo like that so maybe my version of doing a bass solo sucks so it'll be easier instead of just trying to trying to be these players it'll be easier to say a bass solos are dumb i don't really do that but mm, really yeah. i i think i'm gonna make a bold assertion i think that when somebody says a genre or a style is dumb I think it's around insecurity. Now, it could be around like and dislike. You may not like something and not want to do it and make it your thing. That's okay. Yeah. But if you're like, oh, I don't do that or that's stupid or I, at least for me, that is always around insecurity. It's around something that I feel like I'm not good at. And instead of mm -hmm. admitting that or working on it, it's just easier yeah. to say it sucks. Does that resonate yeah. with you at all? Have you ever had that? Yeah. Yeah, it really annoys me when people do that. Do you, do you know, like, when people are... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, do you know when they're sort of like, oh, that's crap. Um, you know, and yeah. I'm just like, really? Like, maybe you just don't like it. That doesn't mean it's crap, you know? Like, I think that... Exactly, I'm, yes. Yeah. Maybe you don't yeah. like it, or maybe you can't do it, and you kind of feel a thing of like, well, it's getting all these claps, it's getting all these accolades. You don't feel like you're a part of it, so it's easy just to, like, shit on it. That's not yeah. cool. Do you think it do you think it came solely from from that for you or do you think that it was also did it follow sort of like a career choice where I actually mm, there's a bunch of different mm -hmm. questions that are bubbling up um was it was it yeah was it was it because it didn't maybe like align with where you thought your career was going to go or did absolutely. it absolutely or and 
did it also align somewhat in that maybe you matured as a musician and yes right found yeah maybe found a because my experience of bass soloing is probably working on it too much and ignoring a bunch of other stuff that i should also be focusing on you know and and i sure. think that for me when i realized that there was that i was doing that and i should be really focused on actual bass playing and groove and time and rhythm and you know and actually how to be a great bass player you know that thing that we do 95 yeah. of the time 99% of the time when i realized <laughs> yeah, that yes. i maybe shifted a little bit away from soloing so much was that like something you did as well so was it sort of like a was it was it aligned with sort of like where you were as a career in your career but also was it uh, maybe aligned with what you were focused on at the, at the time dude all of that yes mm. like when i moved to minneapolis from montana and start you know i was playing in this band and then i started to play more studio stuff i was more of a session bass player and in the session world solos are happening very rarely i mean it is a very yeah. rare occasion where a client is like and now it's time for a bass solo <laughs> I mean, like, yeah, 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 oh, yeah yeah your head just explodes so i sort of stopped thinking about it as a viable thing um i wasn't trying to push my own solo career at that point either right so yes career based and then all the music i was making was more just sort of in a supportive role and i really enjoyed that and grabbed onto that and kind of maybe swung too far in that direction in a sense of like oh okay this is how to do it i sometimes am a am a creature of habit where like if i think like oh this is the formula for how it's working i'll want to I want to grab that thing and squeeze yeah. it tight. And then I realized, yeah. oh, well, that's no, there's really not actually a formula, right? It's, mm. it's more about where you're going and what you like. And you can still bring those things in from the past to inform what you're doing and where you're going. But yes, dude, I will say for me, it was more about career and about the things I was playing at the time. Yeah. Until, so it wasn't that, yeah. So, it, so it wasn't that you thought that bass, so it's not like you fell out of love with bass, so like soloing on the bass. You right. actually fell in love with something else. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah, yeah you were like actually, the... yeah. It's mm -hmm. not like you were like, oh, bass, bass soloing is actually uncool. I've changed my mind right now. This is shit. I'm going to go do something <laughs> else. It wasn't that. It was maybe right. because of where you were, because of what your career, where your career was heading, you actually fell in love with actually that's you know traditional like playing bass, and maybe just fell out a little bit of love with that that became sort of like more of a focus for you so it wasn't that you you just disliked bass soloing you were just like you you moved your your love onto something else hmm. and to your point and maybe somewhere along the line then you were like oh maybe bass soloing isn't cool you know at some point in you know <laughs> right in, in your past yeah, yeah? It, it's easy to kind of clown it and i mean i was playing with a lot of like more indie rock uh world where like the the solo even in even like a sax solo, a guitar solo, all felt kind of silly in the genre that I was playing in. It was like, no, it was mm, about parts. It. it was about yeah. a song and it was about parts and it was not really about improvisation. And in those worlds, sometimes those people can be, I mean, myself included, can have a little bit of, you know, like, ugh, kind of looking down the nose at the, at the solo, e even just as a concept of sort of this moment where it's all about you and the focus 
focus shifts and then you're you're playing you know whatever 64 bars of of you know of wanking that's the shred. that is the negative <laughs> outlook yeah 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 but i came up <laughs> loving shred like you did you know yeah, like i came yeah. up loving um hair metal and fusion music and prog rock and so it was always this thing inside of me and then what happened um the first gig I ever subbed with this artist I play with now, Eric Hutchinson, seven years ago, I flew out and subbed on his gig. I'd done all the prep, Scott. I prepped it so hard. I'd even done a thing where I had played the set like standing up with a strap, yeah. with the clothes that I was going to wear, the whole thing. I knew yeah. that show, man. And then there was a moment where, you know, we're playing and the drum's going to boom, and he's going, break it down, break it down, break it down. And it breaks down. And he goes, ladies and gentlemen, his first time playing with me, Ian Allison on the bass. And people clapped. And I kind of took a little bow. And and, mm. and then he was like, play something, man. And I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> he wants me to play a bass solo. Like, I thought he was just introducing me, you know. And he was like, go ahead, man, yeah. play, play a little something. And I was like, ba-ba-da-ba-da-ba-da. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like I hadn't, like I hadn't worked on it, you know. And what I discovered, and you know, whatever the thing I played was fine. And but what I discovered was, oh, this is an idea of improvisation or freedom. Instead of thinking about, oh, I need to be an amazing soloist, I started to think after that show, oh, I need to have a bit more freedom on the instrument. I can't be locked in to just like, oh, we're only going to play these parts because band leaders will zigzag, or at least this yeah, band yeah. leader will. And yeah. he's done that in a bunch of different songs. So he'll break something down that has different changes that you haven't played over before. He'll, you know, and he'll just throw stuff at you just to see what happens. Yeah, and it is yeah. terrifying and awesome. <laughs> <laughs> So I started Amazing. to think about soloing in a new way. I started to think about it like, what can I do that, you know, I'm not going to be able to play like Hadrian Farode. I'm not going to be able to play like Guizdala, mm. you know, the divine <laughs> bass solo spirit is not going to wash over me. <laughs> and I'm probably also not going to spend five hours a day really trying to catch up. So for yeah. me, it was more around what can I do? Well, I can groove, I can play a handful of notes, I can play some sounds, I can build an arc, I can start out and go, mm. a boo -doo, a boo -doo -boo, let a bar go by, a boo -doo, a boo -doo, make a variation, get oh, people yeah. kind of grooving, connect with an audience, but just yeah. make it something that you can do. That took mm. me a long time to figure out. Versus like, uh-oh, a bass solo. Now I need to play like Scott Devine. Uh-oh, bass it. solo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, I, now I need to play like Billy Sheehan. No, yeah. you have to play like you. And finding out what that is sometimes requires those moments of anxiety, <laughs> of you dangling over the ledge. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah, know? yeah, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, man. I mean, so I discovered that... Uh, 
was was really beneficial. And then when we ended up starting to go out as a three-piece in this band, so the tour that I just went on, mm-hmm. um, he would say to me, I want you to take all the solos. So there'd be written solos, right, that I would yeah. step out, kick on a fuzz, and play like a guitar solo on the bass, or I'd have, you know, different sounds that's that I would so use. so wicked, yeah. It's so fun, and it gave me a, you know, because now that's part of the thing that I do for him, it's it is integrated into what I do and it, how I prepare and how I practice and then I'll look at songs and think he might break this one down. What would be a loose idea of what I could play in an improv moment over Got this? It. Okay, yeah. But I've stopped thinking about solos as like okay, I just need to play this crazy thing and sort of think about it more as melodies and grooves. What if you could yeah. just what if you just play the bass line still over the drum groove? Okay, everybody can probably do that. Then what yeah. if it varies a little bit? What what's the first variation you would throw in? You know, instead of, oh my God, what's what's the Lydian dominant mode again? <laughs> like, you yeah, know? yeah. It's it's but, really interesting, isn't it? Because you're absolutely right that it's so easy to fall into that tra- that specific trap of like yes dude yeah lydian dominant and that you know because that is a thing like it's and it definitely of course, you it know, is a thing I've, I've i've been down that rabbit hole but i think that i know to your point it doesn't need to be that i think that there's more options right. available to people and I, I will say too for me just everybody that's listening this is this is rock and roll music this is like uh soul pop r&b music this is not jazz we're not playing through modulating 251 progressions i'm not using jazz vocabulary but if you are using jazz vocabulary it it might be a slightly different headspace right and that's something that maybe you could speak to of like over the years how important to you has been developing your solo language um and and how oh, like dude is how, bad it's a, yeah it's a bit <laughs> it's been really important i was so geeky yeah. about it man oh. yes but then yeah. but I, what i've seen in you and maybe you could talk about this a little bit is because i see that in your playing and then that manifests into you trying things a freedom on the instrument that seems really powerful and also that stuff seeps into your baseline creation as well like when you're playing a groove you then will use things from that language in your lines and it creates your sound right we are what we yeah. eat and i feel like you've yeah. worked on that stuff a lot and it, and it is part of like how you just play the bass now is that right yeah for sure like yeah man like it's i've spent a lot of time working on <laughs> st- like soloing so like honestly like hundreds like probably thousands and thousands of hours and i've loved yeah. every single fucking minute of it i'm just <laughs> yes. sort of like being super into it as a kid i was like you know well yeah the, the first the reason i picked up a bass actually was nothing to do with the bass line mm, it was to right. do with the solo schoolies ferrison and i heard this solo on an alan holsworth track called low what is it called? Low stakes? Low... Oh, let me just... High stakes, me, low... Oh, yeah. You yeah, told me... Yeah, something mean, like that. Let me... Alan. You mentioned this in a very early podcast episode, and I'm ashamed to say that I didn't go devour it, but I need to do oh, that okay. still. It's, it's low levels, high stakes. High, that's it. Yes. And I, I heard the uh, the bass solo on that, and I was, it was like the, the best thing I'd ever heard in my life. It was like, what... 
what is that? And he was doing something. He not only is he monstrously talented and he's and he's got this it doesn't even to call it a bass solo is kind of an insult to the uh, to the piece itself, like to sure. the solo itself. What he does is it's just sort of like this beautiful thing that he does that he plays over these chords. That this is schooly, and but he's and his approach to harmony is something I'd never heard before. He was like wow. playing out like yes. Alan Holsworth played out, and I'd never heard that somebody do like that before. Now, I've spoken to Hadrian Ferro before about that solo, and we were like yeah. two giddy kids. We were like, oh, my God, it's so good. Was like, what was your – what did you think when you first heard it? And Hadrian was like, oh, man. It like blew, I was like, oh, me too. Like, you know – we might have even hugged. I'm not sure, but it was like it was it was a, a real moment in history for me. I yeah. can remember where I was when I heard it. I wow. can the room. I can remember like the smell. I was like, wow. Oh, and, and I was like, oh, I need to play bass. I need to play bass Unreal. like that. Yeah. And right. I, so I so I kind of got into bass through soloing, and then through that, you know, found out about Gary Willis and um, Elaine Carroll. All the heroes. Yeah, Jack Opastorius, obviously, um, those guys. So I just went deep into that. I was just sort of like shedding that stuff. It's what and captured you. It's what it, you, it you genuinely me, yeah. loved it. Yeah, Contrast yeah. that with the first bass line that I fell in love with was Bobby Dahl playing Poison's Unskinny Bop. Just on an A, <laughs> like this. Yes. And I was like, that is the coolest. <laughs> so, Amazing. You know, even though we've had these intersections and, you know, like I had my time in like prog rock and in, uh, you know, in fusion, that to me is what I was like, oh, I need to play bass like that. <laughs> got it yeah 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 yeah. it's interesting because it, it, it really does influence everything doesn't it i think that's sort of like your initial yes. you know what you were into initially your initial sort of like yeah exposure to to whatever the music is it's definitely going to reflect itself in your development For and how sure. you progress as a musician and i think to your point yeah it has really seeped into my bass playing as well specifically harmony like i'm a massive harmony nerd I am really into yes. chords. I'm really into, like, if if I was to do it all over again, I'd probably be a piano player or or a drummer. Mm. But, but I really mm. like just chords, harmony. I've always when that first, like, going all the way back to that first solo. Why did it speak to me specifically that solo and not maybe like a Jaco Pastorius solo or a whoever's yes. you know why was it that solo that spoke to me it was because of his approach to harmony his approach to what he was yes. doing and he was playing oh, i hate to say it because we've been talking about it. he was playing a whole crap load <laughs> of lydian dominant stuff like melodic minor interesting altered yes, harmony. Yes, yes yeah that kind of set me alight also, i was like what is that up high on a six string too right he was a six guy yeah right? yeah he was a six guy yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, so and I went deep. And then in terms of like how I learned that stuff as well, for the most part, I just learned their lines. You know, if somebody was like, "How do you yeah. how do you learn how to solo?" I was like, "Well, I listened to all of the best people that were doing it, and then I learned their solos, uh, so I could learn their their vocabulary and their approach." And and the really key important piece to it is that I worked out what the chords were 
what they were yeah. playing over. So if Schoolie was playing playing something, I learned the line, but I also figured out, okay, what was the chord he was applying it o- over? Yes. Because if I understood that, then next time somebody played, let's like a minor chord, I'm like, oh, I can use that thing that Schoolie does, or some my version of it. It gave me absolutely uh, understanding the harmony, understanding the chords, gave me the context, and uh, yeah, man. And then I try and also use that harmonic approach. Um, in my bass lines as well, I'm sort of like, you know, always sneaking in Lydian dominant stuff and altered stuff yes. all over the place because I, I kind of like that chromatic approach to things. <gasps> yes. And, you know, I so I went into a real theory rabbit hole and got so excited about modes and chord tones and arpeggios to a point, to a point where, like, when I started to dig into... Um, harmonic, melodic minor, augmented and diminished. It's where I mm. sort of tuned out because I wasn't listening actively to music that employed those sounds. Got so it, because, yeah. you know, yeah. when I was going through all the diatonic modes and even, you know, um, major seven chords, minor seven chords, even, you know, half diminished chords, like, you know, a flat five, I heard those things in blues, in yeah. rock and roll, in hip hop and electronic music, in the R&B that I liked, in the metal that I liked. But then yeah. when it went past that, I struggled to be excited about augmented, diminished, um, whole tone, yeah. <laughs> right? Like, uh, uh, melodic minor and harmonic minor. And I kind of stopped. It's because that's where my listening stopped, you know? So Got you it. talk yeah. about schoolie and being so excited. I, I wonder if that's because, you know, you're hearing that music. It's so cool. It's playing, he's playing out. Like when Scott says, you know, playing out, um, for those of you that don't know, that's just, playing something that isn't inside of the key mm. but there are there are, is a wide range of ways to do that there's ways to do it that sound yeah. terrible and sound out <laughs> of tune and out of key but then there are ways to do it that sound intriguing that pull you in because then he'll target back in and land the plane so the plane is like yeah whoa we're out we're out but then suddenly he'll grab a note at the end and target and land again and that is such an art I think, I think really for is, me, yeah. I, dude, yes. And I think when I was really got excited about soloing, um, it was because of Willie Weeks, that Willie Weeks mm. solo on the Donny Hathaway live record. Do you yeah. know that solo, yeah. Scott? Have you checked that out? Yes. Hell yeah, and dude. that is this, dude, it's so good. And it's so different than Schoolie. I, I'm imagining because after this, I'm going to go listen to, I'm going to go listen to that Schoolie solo. Oh, it's completely no different. no jazz yeah. vocabulary. Yes. And to me, it felt approachable. Like when somebody said mm. to me, I wish I could remember who said, oh, you need to go listen to, you know, Willie Weeks play this. What? Donny What's Hathaway. the track called, dude? It's What's called Everything called? Is Everything. I think it's either the last or second to the last tune on the Donny Hathaway live record. And everyone in the band gets to take a solo. It's like at the end of the show. I'm imagining it. Anyway. Yeah. It's at the end of the show. And Willie's solo is mind-boggling. And not yeah. because of all the language he knows, but it's because of how he builds it over time. And what it did exactly. to me is yeah. I said, oh, I can build something over time because rhythm has been super important to me, groove, feel, whatever. And I could play a few notes and then wait. Yeah. And I can play that same thing again and wait. Then I can add a note or two to it and wait. And boy, that has become that has become my model 
for building a solo, um, it, especially yeah. in a rock or funk context where there's not incredibly intense changes. That's where I'm like, is uh, like, I raise my hand, like uh, the white flag comes out and I'm like, is, is Scott Devine in the house? <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, like, is there a bass player in the house? I could, uh, like, can I just hand you my, you know, um, but, <laughs> but if it's one chord or if it's a simple diatonic thing, I get a lot of confidence and thrill actually out of like, how can I keep a room or the stage or both engaged in what I'm doing? If I go a boom, 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 boom. A boom, a boom, a boom, and then let some time go by. People are like, oh, "Okay, what's he gonna do now?" Yeah. You know, that's what I I love that very much. But it, it is it's mostly, a real skill. Yes, yeah, I think it is too, and I think it's mostly pentatonic language, but yeah. it's more about having a conversation and and leaving space. Like when you don't play and then when you take that risk to go up high and finish the solo, you know, right. And fall back down into the groove. Um, but yeah. boy, that song for me. So everybody needs to go listen to Schoolies Ferrison. What's it called? Low, low levels, low levels. high stakes. Yes. And, and then Willie Weeks. Everything uh, is everything. Which, and that's on Donny Hathaway live. Yeah. Yeah. Check this out. I actually think mm, somebody, I was trying to I was trying to research it here. I think that that is actually several bass solos spliced together. You're kidding? No, <laughs> dude, you're blowing I my mind right now. I know, I know. I'm trying to find it. I'm sure it's online, and somebody actually speaks about it. It was actually, I think it's two or three different bass solos all spliced together. Really? Yeah, yeah. I think. Why is that I giving think, why why is that disappointing to me? Is it because like if that's I think true because in your mind yeah. in your mind Willie was just on fire that night. And <laughs> that's why and I think that um and, and you know and I think that what they probably did is probably got get all of the best bits and they and they you know put them together. I'm I'm Whoa. sure I'm sure there's something online about it. Um, if that's not true, somebody's that people going to come after you so hard. <laughs> I know, I know. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to find sort of but like you did, you did a video on this ages ago, right? I feel like you've made some did, content yeah. around that solo, right? Did you transcribe? Yeah. It? Did you learn all of it? Um, I did, yeah, I did, yeah. I, like, I, I never could that. figure out how he went that thing. Like there's a there's this thing where he plays like like. Up, up a chord voicing at the end of the solo that is so cool and i'm like how is that happening yeah uh, i'm trying to so maybe i need this... to watch your video and, and learn how that's happening <laughs> but it's oh. really weeks y'all oh so good rhythmic variation so good yes bars on that and then a change yeah yeah oh ugh, that's so sick dude it's so thematic isn't it yes you know oh it's, it's just, so cool uh, beautiful choices i don't even care i don't even care if it was spliced together he played all of it at some point yeah, <laughs> right? exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yes. And, and I could be lying. Yeah, I could right, be right. lying. You right. know, I think that, 
Ah, I'm trying to find it on here. But yeah, somebody else do the research and find out. But I think that um, I'm sure a friend, and he was sort of like a, he's like a, this dude I know, and he's sort of like, do you know what them guys that sort of like has this incredibly geeky knowledge about yes. all of this geeky shit and yes. is incredibly proud of it? <laughs> you know, he's one of them guys. Right? He he told me this, and he's such a massive like Donny Hathaway fan, oh, wow. huge Willie Weeks fan. He was a bass player, so I think you know, I imagine he's right because he's yeah. like that kind of dude who knows this kind of shit. So. But yeah, it's just incredible. But I think that it is really hard. It's a real art to be able to do that like one chord thing, yes. keep the groove going at the same time, yes. not let the vibe die. You yes. know, a friend of mine, a, a sax player, he openly says that his worst, he said he hates soloing over one chord. Oh, right. He's like, because he's like, I'm out of ideas. Like after like 30 seconds, I'm like, he's, he, he's got like a real respect for players that can um that can continually be creative over one chord in thematic ways or whatever approaches that they do and my friend he's he's like oh give me a jazz standard anytime of course he said yes. because he's i'm just gonna play the changes man he said i could you know he said like just a c of e like what the fuck am i gonna oh, do so with that so yeah it's so where it's like so he's the opposite of you so yes. i think that I don't think one's harder than the other. I think that both of them have their individual challenges. Totally. And right. yeah, and and I think it both and both are really, really great as well. Is there any so that solo for you, uh, Willie Weeks, is there any soloists in I guess sort of like into who are your favorite soloists? Just just let's go there. In yeah. in all style all styles. Who who kind of sort of like speaks to you? Just so people can like go and do some research and, and find Jeez, these people. If dude, you're wanna... asking me that, and now yeah. I'm, I'm drawing this. You you start, and then do, do you me have to any? start. Oh, I do oh, because I'm dude. like, <laughs> yeah. Do, have I got any? Yeah. Hell yeah. Who are your Who are your favorites? Who are My your favorites? favorites? Okay, so number one, Scooty's Ferrison. Yep. Because what he did on that you know on that album that low levels high stakes let me just i'm just going to play you the I'm, I'm like for anybody listening the audio is probably like totally shocking because i'm just you know <laughs> it's coming I'm, through the yeah it's coming it's through the just mic it's coming yeah. through my mic but you'll just just to sort of like get us in the head yeah right come on get, get, you know? get us in that headspace oh, that's an ad Somebody's trying to sell me some shit. Baby. At least it's not my ad there's nothing worse than seeing your own ads on youtube <laughs> so i'm like oh yeah right here we go here we go I see a lot of those so, ads. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, my word. <laughs> Check this out. Check okay, it out. I'm ready. Yeah, so, yeah. like phrase freak show. and lovely yeah. dynamic, like the the arc to that last thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that's Jeez. obviously I've got that in my plane, right? That's because I heard that solo and I was like, yes. I tried to get that thing down. Explains so, a lot. Schoolies Ferrison, like 
firstly, like Matt Monster Player. Unfortunately, if everybody's about to go wanting to go on YouTube and find a million videos of him soloing, you are going to be disappointed because there just mm. aren't any. He wow. doesn't play like that a lot. There's mm. that solo. There's another solo on the album. I think the last track he solos on. There's mm. some stuff that he's done with Ben Monda, but in general, he's actually not. Which is so weird to say. He probably doesn't even think of himself as a soloist. Interesting. He's, even though he's like probably one of the, you know, like if you if you talk to Hadrian Faroe, like Scooby yes. was one of his biggest influences. If you wow. talk to Matt Garrison, who's like the OG of the yes. of that E to C player, yes. he was like his life chain. He's got this great interview with Schooley, and he was like, "Oh, you changed my life." Wow. He, wow. he said, "You changed my life." He was like the year above Matt at, at Berkeley, <sighs> so he's. So he's had such a massive impact on all of the kind of sort of like cool bass soloists, um, yes. but probably hasn't done that many bass solos, solos that have been recorded, which is interesting. So all that to say, Scooby Saracen, massive. Um, Rich Brown. Oh, yeah. Um, obviously, he's got the Brownstone on YouTube, that YouTube channel. He's done a couple of courses for SBL, all SBL people know who Rich Brown is. He's done a bunch of live streams for us. He is just such a freaking incredible soloist. Yeah, like, truly. Insane. So, School of Thursday, <laughs> Rich Brown, um, Gary Willis has yeah. also been really important to me because he just sounds like Willis. Yeah. Um, I think Hadrian Faro is just incredibly bonkers you know yes, like his definitely. facility and his command of harmony is just absolutely unparalleled and then curveball jonathan Marin, dude i was hoping you were going to say jonathan Marin because i agree he yeah. is an incredible like incredible, sound aesthetic yeah. yes like that solo yeah. you played for me on it was episodes ago but you're like who do you think this is and you played it and i'm like I don't know. I wondered if it was Tim LaFave and then it was Marin. And, you know, yeah. I talked to him and he said, you know, I, I just saved that chunk of the podcast episode. And whenever I'm feeling down, I'm going to, I'm no. just going to go listen to that. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to put it on now because it's just, it's so oh, it's good. So, so cool. Yeah. And for context, like Jonathan Marin is like, he's like the bass player's bass player. He's sort of like so funky and yes. so. And that his band, the Groove Collective, is all—it's all about groove. But he's also got this incredible facility of yeah. an incredible, incredible facility and approach to solo because he is not like Schooley, Rich Brown, Willis, or Hadrian, That's who's right. sort of like soloing all over the changes. He's actually got his his own thing going yeah, on for sure. He doesn't sound like anybody, and it's oh, check it out. Oh. It's so confusing to me because he has all, he's got like an, it's, he's, ah, it's so, it's like a brain, I'm having a brain gasm. Do you know what it is about Jonathan? It's that 
like if you listen to that he's got all of this sort of like really cool pentatonic stuff going on and yes. you're like oh i get it he's got the fuzz pedal on he's playing pentatonic but then he like starts playing out and you're yes. like oh he's playing out and he's like playing these phrases but he's not like a traditional he comes from a completely different place than sort of like Scooter Harrison or Rich Brown right. or Matt Garrison yes. or um, Hadrian Fro. Like completely different, not only from sort of like a stylistic point of view, but also from a harmonic point of view. But he's still doing that thing. He's still I know. like, there's, yeah, people that are into harmony will listen to Jonathan. And they'll be like, oh, Ooh. he's really cool. He's doing some really cool harmonic stuff. So he's very confusing to me, and I love him for it. Also, I would say Matt Garrison as well. Mm, Matt Garrison, mm. yeah. And and probably a bunch of other people I'm forgetting. But th- those are the ones that sort of like come to mind as some of my real favorites. Yeah. What about you? <sighs> I mean, you know, I wish I, that time, all that time I should have just been thinking. I think for me... When, well, even when in the, the past, man, like your, your, even your past yeah, sort of like, are, you know, when you were a kid. For me. <gasps> oh, dude, dude, um, dude. Dude, Billy what, Sheehan. What, what? Well. Billy Sheehan, dude. I forgot oh to mention God, Billy Sheehan. Dude, like, you freaked out. I thought, I thought a spider had crawled up your shirt. Are you Worse <laughs> than that, dude. Worse than that. I forgot Billy Sheehan. Billy Sheehan, dude, is a... Yes, yes, I, yes. He's like... An, 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 he's an, like a, he confuses me on so many different levels. And the world confuses... Like, Billy Sheehan is the only man on the planet that actually yeah. does what he does. And I know and, you're right about and that. He, yeah. And he gets shit, man. Like people have sort of like, I think less now than sort of like back in the day, but people used to give Billy like shit and be like, Oh yeah, no. I'm like, like watch him play. I'm like, that guy oh, is a complete freaking alien. I love yes. him. I love him so much. Anyway. I'm Dude, out. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's great. I mean, I had that Billy Sheehan signature bass when I was, but it's funny oh, because yeah. I wasn't actually exposed to a bunch of that music, uh, like or the soloing. I didn't hear him do that crazy stuff until YouTube happened, I guess. So I was like, yeah. oh yeah, I would hear about Billy Sheehan, but I was never exposed to Talis. And I only knew like To Be With You by Mr. Big. No I was like, Wait, shit, where, really? The, you know, like, like, where's the crazy bass solo? And he's got this bass with two outputs and all the, the yeah. pickups and, I mean and scalloped frets and I'm, and I had that bass and I was like yeah but so I didn't understand until I heard oh like I guess I heard no he wasn't in Racer X that was John Al- Alderete uh, yeah, that was Paul yeah. Gilbert was, and I was like, okay. But then when, it wasn't until I saw maybe a video of Billy and Paul doing maybe Addicted to That Rush or something oh, where they're doing snare drum in that song. Yeah, it's like a gunshot. It's yes, I know. Yeah, it's so cool. And and I was like, oh, this is cool. And the thing about, I mean, I love Paul Gilbert too. I love like he's probably. Paul Gilbert is one of my favorite guitar personalities. So the whole thing, yes. I like his sound. I like his vibe. I like watching his videos. Yeah. Um, I, he's just so much fun. And Billy fit right into that thing. And they had such a cool, connected chemistry in Mr. Big yeah. that once I finally saw it, sometimes it takes me seeing something. Like I can hear, but and I go, eh. but, it, but when I see it, I go, oh, yeah. I get it. I get it. I get it. That's so much fun. Um, I I don't know, man, my, my solo, my solo favorites are sort of like the underdogs, I guess. I think, um, I was, 
I was always really inspired by Michelle and Deggio Cello. And oh, again, yeah. she didn't take a bunch of solos yeah. on record, but she took some solos live or like how she would start tunes. Holy moly, man. Like a just cool, really great, yeah. just always groove based, always just so funky and pocketed and like stepping out in to me what felt like really honest cool ways that were about the song and less about her just like going ham and i think yeah, that's yeah. what i've come to really love is soloists that are still kind of connected in a sense to um the song or the composition and aren't just showing me chops uh okay another one that i love is steve swallow I think like when Steve oh, Swallow yeah. plays solos, he plays these melodies and it's so beautiful. And I don't yeah. feel like, well, it's time to time to go grab a snack. Um, I feel yeah. really connected you know to what? his we solos. We need to figure out how to play music with better audio in the middle of these. Because when you, like, I need to, <laughs> now I need to play this. I need to play this, like, Steve Swallow thing. Hang on. Yeah. You'll have seen I think we this. Can it's figure like, it out. Yeah, we should we should figure it out for next time, right? Check it out. Oh. Beautiful. Oh. oh, feel. Oh. Whoa. So good, Killing. isn't it? So yeah, that's Steve Killing. Swallow. That's on YouTube if anybody wants to see it. And then just 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 because we should, I just wanted to just give props to this snare drum. <laughs> Dude, uh, uh, uh. That's addicted to that rush oh, by man. Mr. Big. Dude, and that, I'm I believe such a is... massive Mr. Big fan. I oh, love yeah. Mr. Big. Yeah, oh. yeah, yeah. Dude, uh, Green Tinted 60s Mind was a favorite oh, of mine. Dude, <laughs> dude, I've played that so much. What freaking track. <laughs> it's so great. I mean, and the chord voicings that Billy uses on the beginning <gasps> of that tune, too, are just incredible. I mean, and that was that was such a fun era of music. I mean, it was so much fun. And I mean, yeah. I loved all the bass heroes, so I fell in love with Willis. There was a Willis solo on um, on Face First uh, that I loved. I mean, I loved Stu Ham. Yes. Of course, I love Victor Wooten. I, like, all the classics, I, I, I did eventually fall in love with Jocko. But I think the soloists that have really, like, made... Instead of just impressing me and being up here in my mind, like, oh, that's impressive. Yeah, cool. But like, yeah. oh, made me feel heart. It's like Steve Swallow, mm -hmm. what you just played. That Willie Week solo is so funky. Michelle. Um, and somebody else modern that comes to mind. Um, who, and it's not so much solo, but it's duo music is Andres Rot, Rot Mistrovsky. Oh, yeah. Like when, when you had him in and he played that thing with Magda, I've probably brought this up on too many podcast episodes, but the thing that he played with Magna, um, Magda, I believe is, is, yeah, is that yeah. right? Magda? Yeah, uh, yeah. He, he is unreal. Just his groove, yeah. his sense of chord voicing, how he, what he chooses to play in terms of melody. And he's not really playing a bass solo, but he's doing the whole thing on the bass guitar. And I, so I don't know, man, I, I struggle saying, you know, like I don't love all of the like 
modern fusion soloists. Like they just don't connect to me musically. I feel yeah, it here, yeah. but I don't feel it in my heart. But then when I hear something that's connected to song, I guess I'm I guess I just I'm a big song guy. I really love yeah, songs. Yeah. So when I hear oh, a solo yeah. that's connected to song, I go, "Yes, that's it. That's what I want to hear," you know? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm just sitting here, man. I'm just so excited. <laughs> and I don't even know why. Maybe it's because I haven't got COVID anymore. Do you know what I love? I just freaking love talking about music. I yeah, love dude. it. I, I love it. The... I think it's just shits on everything. It's the shit. It just shits on everything. You know, like people don't know it, but just before this podcast we yeah. hit record, I was like, dude, you need to check this song out. I was like, yeah, it's fucking yeah. awesome. I was like, and the visual aesthetic of the thing, like, I was like, it's amazing. Yes. And I'm just so excited about it. And I'm so excited about Steve Swallow here. And I'm excited about Mr. Big. And I'm just <laughs> so excited to be able to do this I as know, a dude. job. Yes. Yeah, I like, know. This is so fucking funny. <laughs> Dude, and you know, like that's why that's why people love you too. Is that your your inner music lover is driving the bus still? I mean, yes, you're building business. Yes, you're trying to figure out how the YouTube algorithm works. But at the end of it all, dude, you want to listen to music. You want to be hipped to music. You want to talk about it. You want to dig in. You want to learn stuff. You want to watch music videos. Oh, and that's why. That's why yeah. we're doing this. Because yeah. <laughs> the music lover is driving the bus. <laughs> A tweetable statement from today. <laughs> music shits on everything. <laughs> it's that good. I am really excited about <laughs> that's my uh, that's my yeah, statement that's of the day. I'm really excited about the uh, Ian and I have been talking and Shazza, um, who's. Uh, uh, a loved loved person on the SPL team, Sharon. Say, hey, Sharon, if you're listening, uh, Sharon, we're going to be doing a YouTube show. We're just figuring it out at the minute, and um, I'm really excited for it because what we're going to do it's going to be Ian, it's going to be myself, Shaz is going to be on it, yeah. and we are going to be basically just sort of like trying to capture this podcast vibe but also bring that on you youtube as well so we're going to be having our bases we're going to be like listening to music we're going to be sort of like geeking out i'm really excited about oh, it i, I think can't wait it's weird and it? just sort of like we're trying to get up and running aren't we but like there's problems there's problems holding us back i was just like as you were speaking i was thinking why can't we just do it on like riverside which is the software that we use now we might and then be just able sort to. of like plug our bases in record the bases get a camera looking at us i think that we might you know, be able to we can yeah. we can figure it out I, there, there's just a couple little tech barriers but i think we're close to solving it i think we're close to solving it um yeah i, I think it's gonna be i think it's gonna be a blast dude yeah, playing I'm, some I'm stuff, talking at, about yeah. stuff. Yeah, mm-hmm. like yeah. playing stuff like this, like the Steve Swallow video and the Mister Big video, and ah, oh, that Yebba stuff as well. Oh, I know. Sure, mentioned that on the uh, podcast. Did dude, I? Did I, I mention went on it? a oh. dude, dude. I went on a <laughs> deep dive. Uh, that bass player. Tell me his name again. Is it? Um, oh, dude, dude. Boom Bishop. Boom Bishop. Boom Bishop. <laughs> 
Yeah, yes. Boom Bishop, yeah. So so I watched that entire Yeba tiny desk. Then yeah. I watched The Common. Have you seen The Common, Robert Glasper? Oh, yeah. Tiny desk yeah. with him on bass? Yeah. It yeah. is ferocious, dude. Yeah. Ferocious. And then that took me back, and I listened to all of Erica Badu's records. So And just like listened to her. Like I kind of stopped, actually, after that live record. And that was very early. I mean, that yep. might have been, like, the first or second record. But then she just blossomed into this, like, insane artist with all these killing players. And and I thought she was, like, a genius at the start. And she was. But then it even got more genius level as it went. And, dude, that's why that's why this is so rad. Because we're hipping each other. We're, we're making each other remember different things that we love. And that's good. Here's the fox. Have you heard this before? Oh, what? Chris Dave! Oh. Dude! Hold on! <laughs> wait, 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 wait. What is that? Check it out. It's this. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yes. That is a jam. That's Chris Dave on drums. I didn't know that. <clears throat> Chris Dave on drums on the live uh, on this live video here. And ah, um, oh, is it Byer? I can't remember the bass player on it. Actually, he's a beast. He's a beast. But yeah, that cool, like, bright, bo- active thing. Sweet. Yeah, boom. He's got like I think he's doing a. He's playing a Marcus Miller. Yeah, he's playing a Marcus Miller signature on that. And the uh, and Boom Bishop to your point, yeah, what what incredible bass player Boom Bishop. He's on. He played on that the the Yeba concert that I. Um, if anybody doesn't know who Yeba is, she's a vocalist and she did. If you want to check it out and some of his playing, it's like kind of understated on on this, but it's just it's on. Oh, it's, it's like killing. Yeba tiny desk concert. It's unreal. Um, and you just but, have to do it with headphones. I hate it when people tell me online, use headphones, but his sound, um, he's playing like a, a modern active five or maybe six string, but it's, it's six, all with yeah. nylon tape strings. So it's, this, yeah. it's what Jim has on his Fodera, but it it's is, like, yeah. yeah, it's like labella tapes and it just sounds like you, you hipped me to it. You were like, "What? What is? He, what pedal is he what using?" Is but I that? don't think yeah. he, dude. I don't think he's using a pedal. I think it's just massive bass boost and yeah. playing super light with tapes, and it sounds crazy. Yeah, it especially sounds on that with so Layla cool. Hathaway on that clip with Layla Hathaway. And yes, yeah, Robert that's right. He plays with Layla. <gasps> yes, and he plays all Incredible. of these lines. It's it's two things that that. Really, like, well, there's more than two things that are really great about it, but two things that jump out is that um, it's his sound plus the lines he plays. Does yes. it, they, they're not typical like bass lines, like like the fills and stuff. He plays almost. It's like he's playing synth bass in his mind. I know. So it, right. He's yeah. It's incredible. Like I don't like this is the. <laughs> <laughs> that is a great moment yeah and, and that's on the that that's the Layla moment, Hathaway yeah. that, no that's uh, Yeba that one. Layla, the, oh that's Yeba yeah 
Yeah, that uh, so, Layla Hathaway and go uh, follow uh, go follow Boom Bishop. It's Boom B O O M Bishop B I S H O P on Insta. His name is Burnus, and I think I'm saying that. Burnus Edwards, right? Burnus Earl. Burnus Earl the second. Burnus Earl the second, and he is a bad man. I mean, he is just killing. And it made me want to buy all that gear. You know, like when you hear a sound and a bass player doing a thing and you're like, oh, well, I've been doing it wrong all these years. Who knew? Yeah, I need to go buy all this gear. Yep. I'm I'm just, I'm throwing it all away. Like all this stuff is out, out. And I just need to buy this thing. And I'll sound just like that. And I mean, that, what what a gift to have somebody like that show up in your life, you know, and just make you question and make you grow. I mean, man, um, yeah, music we shits you, on dude. everything. Maybe that should be the tagline of this podcast. The Ian and Scott show, music shits on everything. It's <laughs> dude, the greatest. I'm, it is, isn't it? Dude, I'm going to have to bounce because I'm doing a live yeah. stream in 12 minutes to the Academy folks. Incredible. And Incredible. Jim will be waiting for me behind the scenes. So, guys, thanks so much for watching and coming on this uh this adventure today with uh, Ian and I, it's been a blast as yeah. always, man. Last thing I want to say is if you are like, if you don't solo and you think, oh, bass solos are dumb, I challenge you to listen to some things, to think about how you could get into that, that it would sound like you. You don't have to be Farode. You don't have to be, you don't have to be Yannick. You don't have to be Wooten. You just have to be you. And find out what that is. And if it's different than all of those people, that's actually a good thing. And it's the beginning of finding actually like your voice and your sound on the instrument. So here's one thing that I want to leave you with. If you made a solo bass record, what would the first track sound like? That's your next practice assignment. What's the first? What's track one? This is actually from Steve Gould. He would he would tell students this. What does track one on your solo record sound like? Play it. Go. That's what I wow. want. Wow. I freaking love Steve. What I yeah, do? We'll have to get Steve yeah. on the podcast. Uh, anyway, great. dudes, yeah. thanks so much for listening. We will see you next time. Goodbye. Cheers, everybody. 